2: In the Midwest in Indianapolis is Ben Standick. He's still there. He is our Washington Commanders insider. He (laughs) appears on this show on Mondays and Fridays regularly um, and sometimes on other days. And what's really interesting, and I apologize for this, but I just spent time talking about the trade back possibility Took calls on the trade back possibility and during the break, read your column that just went up. So it wasn't that I should have I should have caught it by now, but I didn't. But Ben has a story up on the athletic. If commanders <laughs> traded down from number two, what type of options would it create? So we will get to that here. Momentarily, but let's get caught up on the activities of the week. And I want to start with this. In addition to the six quarterbacks that were met with by the team, who else have they met with? Do we know? Do we know the other players that they've met with?
3: Um, well, first off, good to hear from you, Kevin. Um, not, not 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 a full list. I mean, basically, the way a lot of us are would do it is when players are up at the. The podium to talk to reporters, you know, if you can or if you're interested, you'll ask, hey, you know, did uh, did you by chance to meet with this team or that team? And it gets a little annoying and redundant when everybody's doing it, so you got to pick pick your spots. Um, today was a day not only were there the quarterbacks, but you also had running backs and receivers. And I did talk to uh, a couple of guys, Brian Thomas, wide receiver from LSU, so one of Jaden Daniels' um, other targets. He said he did meet with uh, uh, Washington. Uh, there were a couple of running backs, uh, including the kid Irvin's out of Oregon, uh, Jordan Brooks out of Texas. That said, that they did also meet with Washington. Now, obviously, you know all these guys, like, uh, oh, I'm blanking who it was, but one of the players was like, "Look, I basically met with everybody, right?" So sometimes these things do not mean much. In the case of the quarterbacks, though, it is obviously a different deal because of the fact that only so many teams at any given point need a quarterback, and frankly, some of the you know, the top guys don't want to waste their time. Um, if it's just a complete pipe dream for right. for a team, so um, but yeah, I mean it's important to to see kind of what they're looking at uh, for sure. And uh, but you know, I, I think you know, look, they're going to meet as many people as they can. The 30 visits where it gets a little more interesting, because at that point, you know, you, you're you're seemingly dialing in to certain individuals.
2: Right. Um, we're talking to Ben, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Uh, so. What stood out to you in terms of the interviews of the quarterbacks and some of their answers uh regarding Washington or even other answers?
3: Yeah, well, with regards to Washington,
2: um, so I was there for Caleb Williams,
3: Jaden Daniels, Drake May, um, JJ McCarthy, Michael Penix. They except for Penix, the other ones were all when asked like what stood out about your Washington meeting, they pretty much all said a lot of energy in the room, or I don't know if Cale did, but certainly Drake May, Daniels, and uh, McCarthy did. And it was mentioned kind of over and over again, sort of that idea. Um, and it just seemed like, that, you know, their vibe was wash Washington had a lot of good energy, good enthusiasm in the room. And that's not surprising when you figure that Dan Quinn is going to be, you know, whether he's like leading that specific conversation or not, as the head coach, we know that that's one of his hallmarks as a, as a leader. And Adam Peters is a very positive guy as well. So, you know, it's a, it's a good, good sense of what the room was like. Um, look, I think all these guys came across as pretty polished. Uh, J B. Daniels, I had heard previously that he's more reserved as a leader by you know, more of a lead by example, kind of a guy, but he has a presence that, you know, to play, that, that commands the locker room. But he, but in general, he was more of the, thoughtful reserve type speaker where the other guys uh, were more uh, going. And uh, that, that that type of deal, McCarthy in particular, seemed to be pretty chill uh, laid back. He admitted that he was nervous with Washington because it was the very first interview that he gave. But, he again, he was another one that said he really likes the vibe that he was getting from the, the, the team. And, you know, with regards to, to Caleb Williams, obviously, you know, this isn't the first time he's had a, a gaggle of reporters standing in front of him asking him questions, um, but you can see, like, he's got, you know, he it he, he feels like it's like Caleb Inc. at this point with all the conversations going on about what he what he may or may not want. He's obviously making a ton of money at NIL, and he definitely felt like a guy who, if I say it, it felt like a guy who understood he's a brand, I don't mean that in a negative sense. I just mean it that he seems to understand that there's more going on here than just what's happening between the lines and that he is, um, you know, very, uh, very much wants to help figure that out and not just leave it to you know the so-called adults, but actually, you know, help shape everything that's going to happen with him going forward, including the play. So I, I think they all, to me, you know, I think they had good, good sessions stood out in that regard. It wasn't anybody coming across. There's another quarterback in the past where my like, boy, that guy seems a bit, a bit much, but I didn't get that sense here.
2: So the Caleb Williams brand, and he is the first of sort of this NIL generation, and he's made a lot of money um, in NIL. Uh, this is going to be a completely new scenario for teams to deal with. They're not dealing with somebody who's going to you know, see money and significant money in many cases for the first time in their lives. This guy's already been dealing with it now uh, for two years, uh, and he's coming into the NFL well compensated for two years of college football in 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 southern california what do you think the reaction to to that kind of persona is by nfl people i know that i saw something trending that you know he skipped the medical exams at the combine said that he would handle that with the individual teams i don't know if that was something that was you know perceived as off-putting or um, or, or whatever. But what do you think the the general reaction to Caleb Williams and the Caleb Williams brand is from teams? So
3: I was, uh, you know, in the space in the hall where these um, podium sessions are happened. There's a lot of other activity going on. All the different uh, TV channels and shows, or whatever, have have sets, including Pro Football Talk. And I was talking to Mike Florio for a couple of minutes for my podcast, and he one thing he was saying was that, because he also talked to Caleb Williams on set with Chris Sims, that Mike is a bit of a, um, a rabble rouser. He thinks that players have more way more power than they recognize, at least the star players, and don't take full advantage of it. But now, he was saying he liked that Caleb Williams is, un, is aware of the, the situation that he's in. And in terms of, like, say, for the medical exam, the basic deal is, all these guys go through the various testing and you know, and just for, for every team to get a feel for what they're all about. In his case, he basically decided, me and, me and Caleb Williams, he basically decided, you know what, I don't need 32 people, 32 teams knowing all about my, my medical information. The teams that may that may draft me, fine, but I, everybody doesn't need to have it. And there, I think there's something to be said for that type of, of, of thinking. Now, obviously, this is not relevant to a potential fifth round defensive back out of the MAC, but. You know, it, for the for the star guys, you don't have to do it the the, the way that the, has been done for years just because the NFL, um, you know, just because that's the way it, it, it's been. So I don't know. I think that, you know, look, some teams are probably going to old school teams are probably going to find some offense to this, but you know, just like everything else in society, you know, things change, things evolve. The modern athlete today is a very different than what the way it was years ago. And guys like Caleb Williams have, do have some say and some power. And, you know, he is exercising it in these certain ways. So, you know, I, I I don't know that, like in the case of say Washington, I don't know like would Josh Harris be turned off by this or would he find that, you know what, this is kind of intriguing. Um, This kid's got a bit of this entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe that's something he finds, um, you know, he appreciates or finds refreshing knowing his own background. So I don't know that that's the case. I'm just saying I I can imagine some people would be like, "Mm, I don't know, this kid seems a bit much. And other people might say, you know what, I respect the fact that he is taking an interest in everything that's going to happen in his life. All
2: right, we're talking to Ben Standing. So anything that you've heard um, that you can share with us as to what the team's reactions were to any of these interviews?
3: Um, not really. You know, look, this is becoming the same the same trend that happened before with the coaching search. That you know they've been pretty you know pr- pretty tight uh, lipped about what it is that that that's going on. And you know, in general, I mean, these things are I, yeah. So I don't know definitively like what they thought of of any of these uh, of any of these guys. Um, you know, I, I think I want to say this broadly about the quarterback conversation. I feel, um, honestly, more confused about what I think may happen here than I did before I got to the Combine in the sense that... Why? Well, yeah, I mean, because I just you know, because everybody is here, you just hear different opinions um, all over the place. You know, the idea that Caleb is number one, okay, that, that seems probably logical, but there are some people I talk to who think, you know, maybe Jaden Daniels should be the number one guy, but then simultaneously more people say they would take... Frank may at two over yeah. Jaden Daniels and right. then other people and I put this out in the story I had today like I had a high-ranking executive for a different team say he would probably bet that JJ McCarthy goes two or three in the draft when it's all said and done and I've had other people suggest that you know he's higher up on boards than they than it's being viewed publicly and you know and then there's the idea of you know do they even keep the pick and I know you you're mentioning the the possibility of trade down. I, again, I'm not saying that I've heard that's what they want to do. I just think that I don't think that they are like, you know, one thing that was different with the the previous era in terms of the ownership was like, you know, the fanboy aspect really was, a, was a part of the problem. We all said that Snyder was running the thing like a fantasy football team. Um, we'll see what happens. Harris has not been on the clock yet, but, you know, everything they have done so far has been a pretty thoughtful search it's not just been you know uh, a, you know impulsive choices they're they're thinking about everything and i think you logically are going to have to think about the idea of, of the trade down because if you can get the haul like the bears did last year considering all the holes that this team has and especially if you're just not that in love with the quarterbacks then it makes a lot of sense but um so so that's why like i don't know what like hearing from them i, I haven't heard much but i believe that they are being deliberative and you know I'm sure there'll be some people coming out of this that say oh they're definitely gonna go for this guy or that guy I I would just find that hard to believe that they have uh, figured out anything yet
2: right uh Ben Standig is joining us um your reaction to you know the Schefter tweet yesterday morning I know Sam followed up with you know he was just there as an observer but just Josh Harris being there and then being in these meetings with prospects
3: yeah, so the day before, sweet I tweeted that Josh Harris was here, and I didn't think he was here to see the Pacers game. Right. I mean, what else is he doing here? The only reason he was going to make this trip to Indianapolis from Miami is to be part of this and see what's going on. And, you know, he's a first-time NFL owner. He has not been through this. Why wouldn't he be here, <laughs> to be honest? Like, he just hired Adam Peters and Dan Quinn 10 seconds ago. This is the first thing that they've all really had to do. Why wouldn't you want to get a get a look to see what's going on? Um, he had told everybody back in September or somewhere before the around the time of the start of the season that you know with the Sixers he would sit in on uh, the draft, but he wanted to see and observe. He wasn't there to say go draft Ben Simmons or whatever. So um, you know, I don't, I didn't make it a big. I thought it was. I don't. I, I assume the reaction was somewhat negative um, back there, and you know
2: no not necessarily i would say i would say more not a big deal than a big deal i I, you know if if anybody had flat red flags on it it was you know one reddish flag maybe uh but no remember it's and i described this yesterday and even earlier today uh, on the show there is a lot of you know this ptsd from the snyder era there is a lot of expecting things to not turn out well and it's gonna be hard to shake that from everybody uh just because Dan's gone. Um and that's you know that's a reasonable reaction. I mean it is it's it's there. But um yeah I I'm I'm kind of with you. It's not that I I actually was surprised he was there. But I have no problem with him being there given the the stakes here with this pick and the idea that he wants to you know, observe, I had somebody email me and I talked about this at the beginning of the show. He's an employment and compensation consultant. And he said they refer to this um, as hovering that when you hire, a, you know, kind of a big time proven, now Adam Peters isn't proven, that you clear the way and you let him produce the results in the style and comfort level that he wants to produce results at and that it should be a red flag. I don't see it that way uh, at all, and it sounds like you don't either. So we can move on from that. Um, Let's talk about your column, which is what we were just talking about as well. The trade back possibility. Let me just remind everybody because we got to it in the last segment. The last three times they've traded back – Because everybody always seems to be like, let's trade back. It hasn't worked out. Like, they should have taken Kyle Hamilton in hindsight or drafted Chris Olave rather than trade back and take Dotson um, and pick up what they picked up because everybody, you know, focused more on the Sam Howell part of that, uh, uh, you know, haul from New Orleans. They traded uh, back one spot in 2016 to take Josh Dotson and they missed on JJ Watt in 2011 for Ryan Kerrigan. Um, and, by the way, with the pick they picked up in 2011, they got nothing for it. Uh, but So it hasn't worked out trading back either. But Ben contemplated all of the possibilities, so I'll let you go through them.
3: Yeah, well, look, I mean, this is, you know, it, it's one thing to trade back. Like, you know, even the, the just to use the Dotson deal, the most recent thing, you know, they got, uh, you know, a couple extra picks, and, and that turned into ultimately Brian, you know, Dotson, Brian Robinson, Sam Howell, and Cole Turner, and you know that's independent of sort of how those guys have evolved. You know they're, they're, they got a, uh, they got more picks, and that was sort of the goal for that year. What we're talking about here is completely different. Completely, what we're talking about here is setting up your franchise, not just this year, but for the next couple of years, with having um, more picks, high more high picks. You would conceivably get first round picks in twenty twenty five and twenty six, um, on top of you know the other like, seconds or, or, or third or what have you. Um, they already have nine picks this year. And if you know what you're doing, you know, you can turn this into an annual extra pick event because if you can constantly, you know, once you have the the, the, the war chest, it's not just, now I have 10 picks, let's go make 10 picks. It's maneuvering around the board, understanding value, understanding I don't necessarily need to draft every guy this year. I can move picks back to next year. So it just puts you just in such an advantageous position um, in terms of you know, being able to help your roster. And also you can combine multiple picks to move up to get whatever that, you know, shiny new object that uh, that you like. And obviously this team has huge holes everywhere, right? I mean, there's almost no position where you wouldn't say that, but they're They're good at this point. So sure. The, the downside is you're not taking whichever quarterback you like at number two, But you're also not forcing it if you're not feeling it. And there's other ways to move. Like, if you only move down a few picks, it's conceivable, it's not likely, that one of the top four quarterbacks, including J.J. McCarthy, is still there at, say, eight to Atlanta. Or you can draft, um, you know, Bo Nix at the top of the second round. Or you can ride with Sam Howell um, as a younger guy and pair him with a bet, including to go, you know, for the biggest swing possible this year We will be um, your guy Kirk Cousins and I don't think that's a crazy idea. But the the point is that for the people who say, Don't don't overthink this, just take the quarterback, it's this is not overthinking it. This is thinking. This is what you're supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to just say, We're taking a quarterback no matter what. You're supposed to say, What are the options? What what do we benefit from this? Um, you know, everybody says again, take a quarterback. Look, if I if I just, if I say, you know, Let's go out to dinner and you present me with three options and none of them are what I want to eat. Am I supposed to just force and eat something or do I think, well, what else can I get? Their options are these, you know, these three or four quarterbacks. It doesn't necessarily mean they love them. It just means that they are the ones who are there this year. Next year could be different. Next year you may not get anybody. This is all a crapshoot to a degree. But the idea that you're just going to say pick the guy you like and take him, that infers that you like really like the guy not just saying I have to pick somebody. And trading down gives you a bunch of more options. And also, to be you know super real, you know Peter's the other day said, you know, says the obvious, but sometimes it needs to be said. This is people judging other people. Right. This is the definition of an inexact science. And one way to mitigate the risk is have more options. This is like the other part of the process that, does, that never got discussed enough. Everybody just focused on the tanking. The reality was. The point was to, take a, to get as many picks as possible, to take as right. many swings as possible, knowing you're going to screw some of them up. So this is, you know, if you put all your eggs in the number two pick, obviously it's great if it works, but if it doesn't, then you know, you've kind of got nothing. Whereas this other way you're saying, I'm going to get all this extra stuff, use it to build up the roster or trade around or whatever, and go from there. So it, there's a risk reward, but I don't think it's, you know, to the people who are saying don't even consider it, I would say you absolutely
2: have to have to consider it. But you but you, so so a couple of things. Number one, I think everybody can do that math. If basically the hit rate on draft choices is let's call it one out of three, then the more picks you get, the more contributors you'll end up with you know at that percentage rate it's you'll take 33% of 10 picks and get 3.3 contributors rather than 33% of you know a lot less picks and end up with less contributors the the i think the only scenario that you've painted that makes everything makes sense to listen and be open to it and all of these things are possibilities including by the way you know a free agent quarterback or even a trade for Justin Fields But the bottom line with this for me is if they think that there is a quarterback, that there are two quarterbacks in this draft that are potentially the next big thing or even just a big thing, then you have to take the quarterback. Um, Because, and I'm saying if they think there are only two. If there's a if there's a third or a fourth, then you could pick up extra draft capital um, and move down a spot. If you've got Daniels and May and McCarthy essentially as the same player and the same exact grade, you know, and somebody doesn't, then they should move up. Remember, if nobody else has a high grade in this draft, other than let's just say Caleb Williams, use him as an example, and he goes to Chicago, there aren't going to be. There, that haul that you're looking for won't be as great because other teams will recognize the same thing. doesn't mean you can't find a sucker or two. um, but for me, and i'm I'm just i want to make sure I'm clear on your position. for me, if there's a court if there are two quarterbacks in this draft, minimum, uh but two that they think absolutely have a massively high ceiling and and are convinced will be, there's a good chance they're going to be the next big thing. You have to take the quarterback at two.
3: Yeah, if there's you know if there's a yes, I I I agree with that. I think that for me, like the problem with when we have all these conversations is that there is this belief that because there's a quarterback sitting there that's been told is worthy of that conversation, that therefore you should take him. I've talked to several people here. Who don't think Drake May is worth that? Who have questions about Jaden Daniels? And if I don't know where Washington is at, if they are among those people, then they should not force it. And I'm just, and so yeah, I'm just saying I agree. If they like, if they think so and so is is all that, I mean, quarterback's the most important position. You do it, but you don't force it. And I can just imagine if they trade down, people would scream bloody murder in in, in a lot of cases because they don't understand what it is. You don't. You, you, I mean, look. You never. I mean, look. Here's the funny thing, right? The Chicago Bears got lauded for their deal last year, where they traded the number one pick and got a ton from uh, the Panthers, including the pick that turns into the number one pick this year, which means they can get Caleb Williams. And yet, when I ask people in the league, "Okay, here are your options: you can keep what the Bears did, including have a chance to take Caleb Williams, or you can just draft CJ Stroud, who they passed on for this deal," everybody said they would take CJ Stroud, right? Right. So, yeah. Even even with knowing what that Caleb Williams could be, yeah, this next thing. So if you feel really really good about your quarterback, you do it. But yeah. uh, you know that that's not
2: always the case. No, and that's why Th- there's you know, a there's for- a chance that they're not going to love and they're going to see a massive floor and not as high of a ceiling with what they would be left with at number two. And in that case, they should look at other options, Uh, but other teams may see the same thing. Although man, the opinions seem to be varied. They could take advantage of that as well. Thanks. I got to run. See ya. Ben standing, everybody. Uh, Somebody thinks they've figured out who the number one quarterback is in the draft. The answer next.
1: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?